0: Listen to Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. If you like this podcast, can we recommend another one? It's called Big Picture Science. You can hear it wherever you get your podcasts and its name tells part of the story. The big picture questions and the most interesting research in science.
1: Seth and I are the hosts. Seth is a scientist. I am Molly and I'm a science journalist and we talk to people smarter than us and we have fun along the way. The show is called Big Picture Science, and as Seth said, you can hear it wherever you get your podcasts.
2: What follows may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised.
1: The world is full of stories. Stories of the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected. Join Kat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities.
3: So I've made a promise to your friend Erica mm. uh, to write a book about your little sayings and expressions. <laughs> um, like, <laughs> like for example, how when you refer to sexual reproductive organs, you you refer to them as bits.
2: Well, bits can really mean any part of your body.
3: Sure. Or when you go somewhere, uh, you say you're going to scoodle. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah or when whenever you're going through your phone looking for something every time you tap the screen you say boop anyway i'm 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 writing a book about this and i'm calling it catechisms <laughs> it's going to be an ebook when i'm going to self publish on kindle yeah i'm sure it's going to sell untold dozens but you do have a very unique way of expressing yourself and it's charming and unique and authentic.
2: This, the other day I commented on a, in a group that I'm in on Facebook it's um, I'm over 30 so obviously I'm a dinosaur explain this to me mm-hmm. and I posted about how the little jeezers say something a certain way and <laughs> someone was like what's a jeezer <laughs> <laughs> and I was like you know the young people yeah the young the youngins
3: yeah it was, it's a, uh, a derogatory term that's primarily used i think in maine
2: but i was talking about how it seems as though the word whenever is replacing the word when and i find that concerning i i understand that language changes and whatever but you when you know when the thing happened you wouldn't say whenever it happened because you know when it happened uh-huh. so I don't understand it. Why so are the Jesus saying little it?
3: Little Jesus are saying it. Yeah, it's all the little Jesus fault.
2: Maybe it's a regional thing and it's got nothing to do with the Jesus. I don't know.
3: That is such a main thing, though. You little Jesus, get out of my yard. Little Jesus. Any Um I just <laughs> I want to warn you here about this, uh, this next story. This is going to be dark and painful and ugly. Oh, And uh, I just want you all, all you little jeezers, to uh, recognize the fact that uh, this will be uncomfortable and consider this a trigger warning.
2: Okay, so this one is not for the little jeezers. It's
3: not for the little jeezers. Okay. It's for the big jeezers.
2: Okay, I'm excited.
3: (laughs) I can't believe we've not touched on this story before now.
2: Oh, is it something that I know about?
3: Oh, yeah, yeah. Everybody knows about it. But I'm going to dig into the details a little bit. I got this email from Nick. It just said, the subject matter just said, Jethro, it's time. <laughs> and and so I open it up and it says, we need the Ed Gein pod. And I wrote back, you're right, Nick. It is time. In the annals of American crime, few cases are as shocking or disturbing as... That of Edward Theodore Ed Gein, the body snatcher and murderer from Plainsfield, Wisconsin. He left a macabre legacy that went on to inspire an entire generation of horror filmmakers. Yeah, Psycho was based on that. Silence of the Lambs was based on that. There's a lot of questions about the crimes of Ed Geen, their motivations, the aftermath, tracing the shadow that Geen has cast over both true crime history and popular culture. Born on August 27, 1906 to George and Augusta Gein, Ed was raised alongside his older brother Henry in a rural farmhouse in Plainsfield, Wisconsin. Augusta was a fervently religious woman and she isolated her sons from the outside world, propagating a, a, a zealous fear of sin, particularly carnal sin.
2: I'm so anxious already I'm just I'm my body is tight
3: Ed's formative environment marked by his father's alcoholism and his mother's domineering and puritanical influence would later be described as a quote breeding ground for his disturbed behavior his mother died in 1945 and after her death Gein was left alone in the farmhouse and this is when he began to indulge in his morbid fascinations his crimes came to light. They didn't come to light right away. It wasn't until 1957 when a local woman, Bernice Warden, who actually owned a local store, disappeared. Warden's son informed investigators that Gein had been into that store the previous evening and he was acting strangely and had mentioned he'd return the next morning. So law enforcement heads out to Ed Gein's farmhouse. Upon their initial search, and this again is 1957, Mm. law enforcement officials were greeted by a scene of unimaginable horror. Now, the farmhouse had already fallen into disrepair. It was really ramshackle. It was a maze of garbage and human remains. Investigators found Bernice Worden's decapitated body in a shed on the property. She'd been shot with a 22 caliber rifle and then mutilated post-mortem. Inside the house... Authorities discovered a grotesque collection of items fashioned from human body parts. Mm. Have you ever seen any of the crime scene photos of Ed Gein's house? Yes. Unbelievable. They found masks made from the skin of women's faces, complete with the original hair and facial features disturbingly preserved. Investigators also found a collection of skulls, some of which he had mounted on his bedposts. <sighs> Among the most macabre artifacts were a box full of preserved female genitalia, a belt made out of female nipples, a pair of human lips being used as a window shade pole, a lampshade and several chair seats that were made from human skin. Also, a corset like garment made from a human torso. It's very, very Buffalo Bill, very Buffalo Bill. Gein's perverse craft extended beyond body parts to the personal belongings of his victims as well. Police found clothing and jewelry belonging to local women who had been recently buried, signaling that Gein's grave robbing was not limited to just body parts alone. Mm. The grisly scene painted a stark portrait of Gein's twisted psyche, revealing the depths of his necrophiliac tendencies and his obsession with the female form. Particularly those resembling his late mother.
2: Are we? Are we going to kind of just skip past that, like the, the particulars of that part of it? Then yeah, the neck. Yeah, we're yeah.
3: going to skip past okay, that I can't. I think people know what yep. that's all about. Okay. Gene was immediately arrested and charged with the murder of Bernice Warden. During the questioning, Gene admitted to murders of two women. Worden and another local woman, Mary Hogan. He also confessed to nocturnal visits to the local graveyard. To steal jewelry. And body parts, he'd been doing this for years and years and years. Yeah. The grave robbing aspect of Ed Gein's crimes adds a really chilling dimension to this already shocking case. According to his own confessions, Gein started robbing graves right after the death of his mother in 1945. So 12 years he was robbing graves and no one caught him.
2: Did he ever, do you know, disturb his own mother's grave?
3: That's a great question. I don't think so. There's a theory that he did. In fact, Werner Hortzog, the uh, filmmaker, wanted to test that theory that, that Gein had already dug up his own mother and the only way to do it was to engage in the crime of digging up the corpse themselves. Uh, he drove down from Alaska with uh, a German producer, but they backed out at the oh, last minute. Oh, so, okay, yeah, probably wise. <laughs>
2: yeah, probably a good idea. I suppose they could have asked for permission, but
3: it sounds like it was a beer-fueled adventure. But got it. He started robbing graves, and he he tried to make a um, a woman suit with torso flesh, but according to his testimony, it smelled too bad. In his confession, Gein described entering a daze-like state in which he would be inexplicably drawn to the local cemetery. According to Harold Schechter's account in Deviant, the shocking true story of Ed Gein, the original psycho, Gein would keep a keen eye on the obituaries published in the local newspaper. He specifically sought out the graves of recently deceased middle-aged women. And he was meticulous. He conducted his grave robbing under the cover of darkness, equipped with basic digging tools. He would dig up the graves, remove the bodies, or parts of them anyway, and then fill the graves back in, leaving little trace of his morbid activity. Gein treated these nighttime expeditions almost like a regular errand or task, going about it with a certain methodical meticulousness that really belied the horrific nature of these actions. Hmm. It was like he was just going down for a quart of milk. In his interviews with investigators, Gein claimed to have been in this hypnotic kind of trance during these grave robbing sprees. And at times he would, quote, awaken from this trance and find himself at the grave of a recently interred woman. He insisted that on some occasions he returned the bodies to the graves if he came out of the trance before he had taken them home. Creepy.
2: Honest to God.
3: In the trial that followed, the discussion centered on Gein's mental fitness, of course. Ultimately, sure. he was found not guilty by reason of insanity and committed to the Central State Hospital for the Criminally Insane.
2: Yeah, it would be hard to buy the idea that someone who behaved this way wasn't insane.
3: Yeah, and it's really disturbing to think that if if what he is saying is true, he would just awaken at an open grave what what's going on there
2: well i mean he was traumatized as a child you know his mother was so overbearing and mm. so rough on him and the idea was that the entire world and everything in it was sinful and yeah. so he wasn't allowed to have friends And he wasn't allowed to like talk to other people because she was the only one who was safe. And so he kind of developed this weird like obsession with her and he missed her so terribly when she died, Mm. which is why I wondered if maybe he had tried digging her up
1: Mm. Mm -hmm. uh,
2: because he just kept trying to find replacements.
3: Yeah. Yeah. What you're saying is is dead on psychologists who examined Gein's case point to his upbringing as the significant factor in the development of his uh, pathologies. Mm. His mother's puritanical teaching combined with his isolation likely contributed to his distorted view of women and sex. His grave robbing and subsequent creation of items from human remains have been interpreted as a twisted attempt to keep his mother's memory alive with his victims often bearing a physical resemblance to his mother Augusta. Yeah. Gein died of respiratory and heart failure at the Mendota Mental Facility in 1984, marking the end of a very dark chapter in American crime history.
2: I didn't realize it was that late, yeah. into the mid, almost the mid 80s. He
3: was institutionalized for 25 years. Wow. His farmhouse was destroyed in a suspicious arson attack hmm. in 1958, understandably. Fair enough. Somebody was going to do it and his 195-acre property was sold at auction. The site of Gein's house is, is still a location of morbid fascination, attracting tourists and the curious, despite its grim history.
2: That's not a place I would want to metal detect.
3: No, no. Although, kind of. Stop. My source information, Inside the Mind of Ed Gein, from Catherine Ramsland, A Shocking True Story of Ed Gein, The Original Psycho by Harold Schechter, The Ghoul of Plainfield, by Mark Gatto and the man who inspired Psycho, Ed Gein's horrific story which came from the Pittsburgh Post Gazette.
2: We saw one of Ed Gein's teeth at the East Alcatraz Museum when we were in Pigeon Forge. Did we? Yeah.
3: Why don't I remember that?
2: I feel like it had there was something to do with a letter, like he had he had pulled it out himself and enclosed it in a letter wow. to someone. Wow. Yeah, it was it was rough.
3: That's creepy. Yeah. I've got to tell you, the longer we've had our Aura Frame, the more I love it. I have kids. Having that conversation about money with your kids, that's not the easiest thing in the world. Fact is, kids won't really know how to manage their money until they're actually in charge of it. And that's where Greenlight can help.
0: Greenlight
2: is a debit card and money app made just for families. Parents can send money to their kids and keep an eye on the kids' spending and savings, while kids and teens build money confidence and lifelong financial literacy skills.
3: Your kids will learn how to save, invest, and spend wisely, thanks to the games that teach kids skills in a fun, accessible way.
1: that thing in the middle
3: nowadays it seems like there's a conference or a seminar for just about any topic or subject you can think of in London they have an annual boring conference at the boring conference they discuss monotonous things like sneezing toast and font types also the sounds that vending machines make reserve your spot before it's too late My darling Cat and Jethro, I'm Devin. Rhymes with heaven, because life with me is heavenly. Huh? I'm a long-time listener, first-time caller, coming to y'all live from Fort Worth, Texas. I found out about your show while at a wedding rehearsal dinner, someone brought up a conversation about how the oldest light bulb quit burning recently I was quickly told about your podcast, and I began listening that night. I haven't stopped yet. That was December of 2022. I'm up to February 2020 because I'm listening to y'all backwards. Sorry, sweetie. Mm. I'm a little nervous and emotional to relive COVID-19 through y'all. I don't know how y'all will react to that period of time in our lives, but I'm, I'm going to assume lots of tears were shed and lots of flying emotions. But I'm not going to let that stop me from listening to you. I honestly feel like you're my best friends and I know you in real life. I listen to you on my commute every day. The show is spaced out to where I can listen to one half of the episode going to work and the other half at lunch or on my way home.
2: Fantastic.
3: I pretty much exclusively listen to you in the car now. I start lots of conversations with, guess what I learned on the box of oddities? (laughs) I love y'all's chemistry and I absolutely love you. I hope a live show will happen again sometime in the future. Thank you for being a positive highlight in my everyday life. Much love, Devin.
2: Devin! Thanks,
3: Devin. Thank you. It does rhyme with heaven.
2: I have to say that message was heavenly.
3: It's (laughs) Devonly.
2: Alice sent a message, weirdest boo effect ever. (laughs) After catching up on recent episodes all day today, I went down to check the mail before a thunderstorm rolled in. I sat down, opened my mail, and began reading a letter reading the words, I am writing to ask for your help in a study on behalf of the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, or NOAA. Exactly at the same time Kat said those exact words. (laughs) At first, I didn't think much of it because I have sort of an internal narrator when I read, Mm -hmm. but then I realized that the narration was coming from my speaker and not my head. On top of that, as I began to turn the pages in this letter, I received two crisp $1 bills. Real $1 bills. Sequential $1 bills. They fell out of the letter. I'm glad I opened it. (laughs) I'm glad you opened it, too.
3: That's crazy. I mean, it's easy to just write those things off as just a... A bizarre coincidence.
2: Right, but how often are you listening to a podcast where someone says, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, or NOAA?
3: Just as you're reading the words, exactly the same. (laughs) The odds of that have got to be astronomical. What does it mean?
2: It's a double rainbow.
0: Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast.
1: So a podcast walks into a bar. Okay, I forgot the joke. This is The Box of Oddities. All right, chicky babe, what you got for me?
2: Nordic folklore. It's chock full of mythical creatures. Oh, yeah. Trolls, Mm -hmm. dragons, elves, and Slatin Patton is one of my favorites.
3: Slatin Patton.
2: Big thanks to Macon for sending me this topic suggestion.
3: Tell me all about slattenpacking,
2: patten. Slattenpatten. Slattenpatten. Slattenpatten, or Pat, as she is sometimes called, is a woodland creature. So just a real quick side note, there are some words that came up in my research Mm -hmm. that were from Danish articles. So I do not have... I was translating like a... Yeah, and yeah. So there are some words that I didn't even... I wasn't able to find pronunciation help for. Wow. So if you are a Nordlander and you hear me say something and you go, well, that's not right. I apologize. It wasn't intentional. I did my very best.
3: Right. Okay. Okay. I think that's a reasonable statement.
2: Thank you. This woodland creature, also referred to as an elkone, an elf woman but unlike an elipige or an elf girl or a wood nymph which are generally described as very beautiful the slatin pat is described by a different characteristic as having extremely long breasts
3: not full and luscious just long
2: very long how long the boobs of the slatten pat, it's said, hang all the way down to the knee area.
3: Those not sound like my grandmother.
2: In 2010, a notable sculpture by renowned Danish artist, Bjorn Nordgaard, was unveiled at Axeltorf, a public square in central Copenhagen in Denmark. The sculpture is titled, Hanging Tits and Her Daughters from <laughs> Rokkevogelsheim. <laughs>
3: Is that what her name means, Hanging Tits? Hanging
2: t- <laughs> no. This piece of art garnered much attention, as you can imagine. Right. But Norgard drew his inspiration from a local church located outside the city where this sculpture was placed, where a woodcarver named Abel Schroeder the Younger had crafted in 1660 a sculptural pillar known as Hanging Tits. This pillar served as a support for the church pulpit.
3: Really, that sounds like a banging church.
2: Well, this long-titted pillar left a lasting impression on Norgard, influencing his own artistic creation in town.
3: Thanks for the memories.
2: You can imagine. If this imagery in town was a controversial uh, idea, the vibe at the church must be amazing. Slat and Patton (laughs) are usually regarded as being a mix of an elf and a troll, leaning ever so slightly more toward troll. When she has been seen, it's usually in a situation where she's very busy.
3: Uh, she's well. De- trolls. They they've got quite a schedule. To they, it's
2: so much going on.
3: Yeah, you've got to. You know, you've got to live under that bridge. And, and
2: if you are able to spot her, it's because she's got a lot going on, and she can't pay attention all the time right. to who's watching. Right. She's a nimble nymph. It said. But when she is spotted, it said, she's often carrying a child on her back. This child, it said, could nurse.
3: <laughs> really. Yeah. Wow.
2: Uh, her tiggle biddies could be thrown over her shoulder so mm-hmm. that the child could feed, even if carried on her back while she's scootlin' around. Wow making her way in the world today
3: you know that takes everything you've got
2: in situations where the slatin pat is chased she simply throws her fun bags over her shoulders <laughs> so they're not in the way mm. while she runs because uh, if you're hitting your nips wa- with your knees right while you're thunk, thunk, thunk. chafing it's, yeah chafing um it ruins your aerodynamic uh, abilities yeah there might end up being tangling. No one wants that.
3: Nobody appreciates a good boob tangle anymore.
2: While normal trolls are usually found in the woods, slatin pats were most often seen on either the moor or by streams where they collected herbs and care for their young.
3: I wonder if normal trolls resent being called that.
2: It's Just average, regular yeah. old trolls. Run-of-the-mill
3: trolls. Yeah. Oh, fine, just because I don't live on the moor. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have some billy goats I need to hassle.
2: Zlatan Power said to work with the trolls of the region, the regular old average, not important trolls, and perform spells for them. They were long-tatered witches for the other mystical creatures, mm-hmm. and they had great magical powers. Right. Most tales involve them running, usually from Odin himself, who is either passing by or, or riding horses during wild hunts. And if Odin spotted a slatin pattern, he was on the hunt. Unclear why mm. kings did not like the slatin pattern. It doesn't seem to me like they're mischievous in any way, but it does seem as though they are considered the enemy. Of those not living in the magical community in lore if you understand what I mean
3: I think having those types of tiggle biddies should uh, qualify you for higher status in uh, in society you think so yeah of course you can do so many things with them repel off buildings for for example if Rapunzel had tiggle biddies like that it wouldn't be her hair she was letting down well, Rapunzel Rapunzel let down your tig old biddies and hurry up there's a billy goat after me.
2: Now, young men were told not to sleep on the moor or by streams, as Slat and Patton loved youthful men. And they were kind of cougars in that way. And if they found <laughs> them sleeping, they would ravish them. Really? But if a young man was into it, yeah. mm-hmm, she would reward him by letting him drink her breast milk, Well, uh, which would grant him magical abilities. Oh,
3: okay. Well, then. Yeah, all right, fine. What kind of magical abilities?
2: Unclear. But apparently, you know, banging wood nymphs is not <laughs> considered a magical ability, so I can't even imagine the wonders that might be included with just one sip of slattenpatten patten boob juice. Now, as I said... The legendary figure, Slatin Pat, is supposed to symbolize fertility, as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. She's obviously given birth several times. She's fed a lot of babies from these ginormous mammaries. And so it makes sense that she would symbolize fertility. Uh, also keep in mind that she has fish children. And so <laughs> what? They, her boobs, Gotta be long so that she can feed her fish children without oh, okay. getting her hair wet.
3: I see. It's like trawling.
2: I don't know what that is, but I know it's a fishing term, and yeah. so I approve. Okay. Because Slatin Patton has fish children, mm-hmm. she's also considered a water goddess. Now, it's said in a Zealand legend that King Volmer, a figure of the god Odin, would ride across the nation every night in search of the Slatt Pat, who he would then shoot and throw over his saddle. I don't know if it was like in one swoop or if it had to be in three, Mm. but every morning she apparently came back to life.
3: Well, that's got to be disconcerting. Yeah. And also exhausting. Like, oh, great. Now I've got to go out again and ride across the moors. I
2: guess there was some part of the legend that said that she had to bake bread and cut an X on the top of the loaf in order for... The king to not... I I really didn't understand this part. Wow. But I do want to make bread now. (laughs) So. Okay. The historical journal Skalk published an interpretation of a startling archaeological find from Bornholm of some small figures that looked kind of like little gold human figurines. A lot of the items found in this area were uncovered around... 500 to 600 ce one of those figures in particular a female figure about four centimeters long and three grams heavy has attracted attention a senior researcher at the national museum links them with slat and Patton. he thinks they're representing our favorite long knockered nymph nice though there are a lot of those in the region who eliminate that as a possibility. They're like, nope, that's not what it is. It's just a gold figurine. It's a person. Her t- toots aren't that long. Mm. Just move on. I, however, like to think that our Slatin Pat, our, our beautiful long bazoom good friend, mm-hmm. has been forever immortalized in gold. Because she sounds like
3: fun. I want to party with that chick.
2: I found my information from medium.com SN.DK, I used a lot of Google Translate, Demonic Paradise Fandom, <laughs> and just a little bit of Wikipedia. Yeah,
3: just a just just a little bit.
2: Just a little smidgey.
3: Thanks for that stroll down Mamory Lane. <coughs> Guys, we have to go, I'm out of tit jokes. Actually I was out five or ten minutes ago. Bazoongas. Golden Bozos. Tatas. Ticking time bags, as Michael Scott called them.
2: I forgot about that. <laughs> Milk monsters. Okay. Bouncers, fleshy mounds, dirty pillows, dirty pillows. Remember that one? I love that one. Isn't that, wasn't that used in uh, Carrie? Didn't Carrie's mom refer to her breasts as her dirty pillows?
3: God, I think you're right. Yeah, I'd forgotten about that. <sighs> anyway, guys, thanks for hanging out with us. You and your dirty pillows. (laughs) And we'll see you next time.
2: Until then, keep flying that freak flag.
3: And fly it proudly, you beautiful freak.
1: And so, let it be known that the box of oddities belongs to you. And its fate is in your hands. Therefore, it's been requested by those to whom I report to beseech you for assistance. We ask but one thing of you. To provide a five-star rating and a positive review. True, that is, two things. However, tis merely a five-star rating and a positive review. Also, subscribe to us. Okay, so three things is all we ask. Three things and three things only. Henceforth, the box of oddities commits to the telling of stories. Stories of the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected. We wish to offer our deeply felt gratitude and appreciation for your patronage. The Box of Oddities.com. Copyright 2023. All rights reserved.
2: Hold on, my eye is twitching. I will never recover. This is who I am now. Oh my god. Okay. Mm.
1: Oh.
0: Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Ken. And we are from The Triviality Podcast, a pub trivia style game show where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge.
3: It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be.